The Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. Trust in Messiah. Welcome to the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Freddie Rivas. And who, sir, are you? I'm known around these parts as the producer. My name's Matt Duncan, and Fred, uh, how are you doing at the end of the summer here? I'm doing good. The uh, heat wave seems like it mostly broke. Uh, yes. I was uh, cold for parts of today, but uh, yeah. I love the heat, and uh, you know, I'm happy for everyone that uh, it's it's graduated past the, the unbearable portion, it seems. Yes, yeah, I uh, did not have any AC through the heat wave and Hooey. decided to stay in the house while my wife left and went to her parents, and it was quite an extreme uh, time those two days. Uh, Are we talking uh, fear and loathing in Newmarket? Or yeah, a bit of a, a bit of a fear and loathing. Yeah, I was definitely dripping and uh, you know a bit dizzy here and there, but I got through it. I wanted to test myself and see how I did. Sure. And, you know, now it's it's uh, all fixed and it's feeling cool. And that means fall's coming. And that means basketball's coming. That's right. And after that, snowblower season. Oh, right? buddy. Got to change the oil, get her all set, ready to go. <laughs> yeah, we'll get that. We'll get that uh, snowblower uh, oil. Nice to change for you. Diesel, I'm assuming. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Only diesel. <laughs> Folks who, uh, if you're just tuning into this pod for the first time, uh, yeah, I am Freddie. This is Matt. We're hardcore Raptors fans. We, uh, we think we know a lot. We don't know everything. Uh, we try to bring on some analysts, but, uh, mostly it's, uh, performers mm -hmm. and we, we talk ball. We, we talk NBA as well. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just to get the goods, the important pod stuff mm -hmm. out of the way, Maddie, if people want to help us find us, you know, uh, support us, how do they do that? Well, you can go to dunkspodcast.com. That is our website. That is our skateboard, as we like to say, the decals, the Tony Hawk. Uh, you know, you can click on them and you can go anywhere you want. So we've got uh, everything there. We've got the Sonar Network. If you want to go there, you can you can see all the other great podcasts they have because they're just, you know, tons every day. Every day there's some new podcasts getting added, joining the family. But you can also, of course, uh, listen to ours there. You can see all our guests. They all have their own page. Page, you know, give the, the guest name a click in the show notes. It's going to take you to the Sonar Network and you can see all the episodes they've done on our podcast and the other podcast as well. We've got our link tree set up on our social media. Please, if you can, uh, donate to our, our Patreon. And as well, we've got Tukes still on sale, starting to get cold again. That temperature is going to drop, going to be like 10 degrees tonight, folks. Going to need a Tuke to Ooh. sleep in. I was say a lot of people are sleeping in toques these days. We've got the right toque for you for that exact thing. Itch-proof toques. Yeah. Got them in Ziploc bags. And let's add to this. We want you to sleep in these. Okay? Yeah. That's a big part of our toques. It's a big part of our brand. Sleeping with a hat. <laughs> um, Maddie, you're you're the greatest. Uh, I feel like we should um, 
you know, we should just get rolling on this pod. So, you know, I'll just yeah. uh, let people know. Uh, we, we got Brian Kimmel, uh, George Brooks. Uh, they're both uh, regulars on this pod. Awesome guests. We're talking, uh, we're talking Ben Simmons trades. We're talking um, the LA big three versus the Brooklyn big three. And of course we're talking Raptors, uh, you mm. know, shooting and the bench. Uh, we're, Talking, you know, tattoos and yeah. tattoo ideas, uh, like our boy Danny Green got a, yeah. a Raptors uh, tattoo on him. And uh, I think we're, t- I mean, I'm all, I love to talk about Maasai. So uh, we're definitely talking like, you know, what Maasai's vision is, is going to be, you know, and are we seeing it form? And um, yeah, you know, we're a very international team. So I pushed the pod in that direction. But uh, right. yeah, it was a fun one, wouldn't you say? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm glad you talked about that. I've been saying it for years now where I feel like Masai has been trying to make Toronto the international team, you know? so Totally. And, and uh, I agree. Yeah, I do think it's happening. And he's, he's not doing that Colangelo thing where he's like, let me scoop up some bunch of dudes from Europe, bring over that uh, Maurizio <laughs> Gerardini from uh, Benetton Treviso, and we'll call it a day. No, Masai, you know, the work's never done with him. We listen, we would not be in the situation we are right now if we didn't draft a European player first overall <laughs> many right. moons ago, right? Draft that had to Bargnani. happen. Yeah. We got to get Bargnani his ring. You're right. There's no chip without Bargnani, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I hear that. Modern center, lights out for work ethic, you know, that others dream to have. Yeah. Uh, Andrea Bagnani. Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, I was going to make a pasta joke. Shout out to Bargnani. Love you. Uh, okay, let's let's get rolling here. And before we do, uh, I will say uh, Black Lives Matter. Um, stop Asian hate. Defund the police. And of course, email your city councilors. We are heading into an election and uh, it's very important. Know your riding and know who the battle is between. And, um, you know, get to know your constituents. You, you have power. So uh, make sure you use it. And uh, yeah, with that, Maddie, if you feel like we're good to go, please just give me those uh, sweet and delicious words. Okay. Okay. Okay, let's get going on the uh, pod here. Last week was our first week back from our one week uh, vacation. And, um, you know, training camp still about a month away so uh it's a little bit nba dead time but uh stuff is still happening and uh yeah i'm really excited for these two guests guest number one uh he's done the show a bunch he's one of the most hardcore rappers fans i know probably has the most extensive knowledge of jerseys that i know and uh is uh, one of the best damn djs in the city your boy brian give it up as loud as you can even if you're at home alone for brian kimmel Greetings. Um, that face is wonderful. Thank you. Classic new face. Brian, that's your music. Uh, <laughs> I know you have a very, very good taste in music, so I'm sorry. Like, that's I like it. That's one of the better tracks. Like, wait till you see Georgia's. Well, probably one of the better tracks I've heard in 2021. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been a rough year, you know. That's that's kind of you a know rough year for music so far. Shaq would spin that one for sure. He probably would, yeah. <laughs> oh, for sure. Shaq Shaq knows how to entertain a party. He'll pop in on a wedding from you know uh, now and then. <laughs> Was that Brian? 
Ronnie Cycli for sure. Ronnie Cycli for sure, hundred yeah. percent. Um. Oh right, yeah. Let's let's just keep this baby moving and bring on guest number two. Uh, Matt already said her name. Um, she's also a hardcore rapper fan. Probably the biggest uh, Stanimal fan I know. Uh, Twitter bio says not light in the butt which is a, a fun deep cut for Raptors fans when we needed to play Stanley uh, as one of our bigs. Give it up as loud as you can, even if you're at home alone, for George Brooks. <laughs> yeah, you heard a line, Matt. I always forget the tune. <laughs> Your song was way better than mine. You're, you're being crazy. <laughs> That's that's like big Monkey Island energy. It does feel like cartoons vacationing. It actually sounds like a song from Monkey Island. Like I don't know if you guys know that computer game series from back in the day. Oh yeah, I do know Monkey Island. Yeah, for sure. I don't, but where my in-laws live, there is a real Monkey Island. An island filled with monkeys that they've done experiments on. And um, sometimes you can see them if you go, if you take the boat around the island. Sounds, I hate that story. It's like Dr. I'm Moreau's so island. I think so. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I thought I saw a monkey once and, uh, yeah, Caitlin's whole family was like, no, you didn't. But I was like, but there is monkeys there. And they're like, yeah. So I'm like, I think I did, you know, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Everyone who's listening, I promise to never talk about monkey Island again. It sounds uh, like it's going to be awesome. And then you're like, that's where they, they really rip apart monkeys and see how their bodies work. <laughs> it's like, yeah. It's uh it's not like a harmonious chill Island. I don't think, or, but I, I think they go there to retire. So maybe there's that, you know, that's oh, kind of nice. nice. The monkeys. Yes. <laughs> um, you know what? Let's just start talking Raptors ball. Cause I feel like, I, I don't know how many more like monkey <laughs> bits I got in me. Um, Maddie, I know you're there. Please give me your uh, most delicious Raptors sting. Nice, I hit it. Uh, Brian, let's uh, let's start with you. And um, yeah, this is just kind of you know open-ended sort of like I'm feeling like new era vibes and um, I don't know if this is like a fact or if we're one of the more international teams, but from, you know, my cursory looking around basketball reference and stuff, it does seem like potentially the Raptors are the most international team in the NBA this season. Uh, We'll see, obviously. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Dallas. I think I was thinking Dallas nuggets. There's some other teams out there. Like, you know, I could be wrong, but I think that plus getting these like super long players uh, seems like sort of a Maasai thing. Like, is that, do you think that's a part of this new era, a part of like Maasai's plan or is it kind of like more going, going international? Yeah. Going international, going long. Like, is this sort of what he's trying to do or him and Bobby? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, obviously um, like talent and fit is always going to, be the most important factors in acquiring talent for them. But, uh, you know, I'm sure it's something they consider. I'm sure like it's something that management's probably considered going back to like the earliest years of the franchise. Uh, I feel like, you know, they're pretty diligent about considering actually maybe not thinking, <laughs> thinking back to the way I know the team run under like Babcock, but uh, yeah. Yeah. I feel like these are things that all teams probably consider like the pros and cons. 
Yeah, for sure. It, it, it even seems weird saying like, you know, he'll like, I don't think he would take an international player over like an American player, for instance, just because they're international. It just kind of seems like, I don't know that like, it seems like the team. Yeah. What's that? Yeah, exactly. Like a tiebreaker. I mean, I, I think they would probably, you know, do their homework on players that don't want to be here, you know, and, and avoid those guys. You know, I'm sure there's still, there's a lot of stuff that fans don't know about in terms of, uh, you know, players, private desires and whatnot. And, you know, those are things that everyone tries to keep private for in the best interest of everyone. Right. It's like not a good look for the franchises. If a player doesn't want to be there, not a good look for the player. If it's publicly known that they don't want to be with certain people. So, yeah. Yeah, totally. And uh, one of my later questions is about Ben Simmons. And, you know, he's been one of the or it's been rumored anyways that he's not like super interested in coming here. And I think, unfortunately, there are it's a little bit overblown, but there are, you know, the Lou Williams scenarios where he kind of, you know, took a couple jabs here and there about like living in Canada. And it's quite a different experience if you're American. I I mean, I took, you know, I felt no way about the stuff that Lou Will said. I thought that, you know, it was just our fan base getting in its feelings again. You know, he was whatever. Like guys are allowed to be transparent about certain things. Like, I don't know. Totally. To, you know, I went to Thailand for a while, a couple of years ago and it was awesome, but you couldn't find any West Indian food there. You know, that's not a knock on Thailand. It's just a fact. Right. So if we don't have like American cable shows or, you know, certain comfort foods that the players like it's, you know, and they talk about those things, it's not a knock against Toronto. It's just, you know, calling spade a spade. Yeah, no, I, I I totally feel that way. And it's like, there's no way to separate the fact that there's 29 American teams and one Canadian team. And I think for a lot of people, it is like, you know, a form of culture shock or, you know, there's something it's going to be, it's a little extra thing, you know, uh, Paul Pierce and Chris Bosch have also talked about like the, the border stuff and, and taxes. And again, I do think, yeah, it's definitely the fans kind of getting in their feelings, but you know, G- George, I'll switch to you. Yeah, how much do you think all of this plays into kind of like potentially being more international? Like, is it sort of a coincidence, maybe a tie break? Like, um, I think it's not a coincidence, but I don't think it's necessarily like um, premeditated. I think the fact that Masai spent a lot of his career being like a scout for, you know, he started with like as a scout for the Orlando Magic mm-hmm. looking at players in Europe and I guess maybe Africa too. Yeah. Yeah. Africa. So I think he might just be inherently more tapped into like up and coming players overseas and maybe some other uh, presidents. And then I just think it's like not a coincidence because it, it, that was bound to happen. Mm -hmm. And I think it's actually like one of the reasons why, there's an appeal to Masai. Like it's one of the pros. If you were going to try and pick a president, I bet that would be in Masai's pro column. Like he's really tapped into international basketball. Yeah. No, well said. And I think, you know, I, I was never a hundred percent sure, but I always felt even with Masai's free agency, part of the lure to, you know, the Knicks or the, uh, you know, uh, like the Clippers or the Lakers or whatever. I, I just was, wasn't exactly sure that, it's Masai's dream to, you know, be in a big American city necessarily. And I think there it's, it's a common theme for American players 
to, you know, want, not want to be in Oklahoma or Minnesota and they prefer to be in like the big, you know, American markets. So yeah, I, the, yeah, I think it's, it's definitely in his wheelhouse. And, and, and I, yeah, I also think that going in hand with Canada being like, you know, some Americans don't want to live in another country if all the, t- most of the teams are in America and that's the other option. But I think it's more easy to entice international players to play in Canada because they're not playing in their home country anyways. And also I think internationally can't people like Canada better than America. So I feel like it might be also an easier sell unless like, I guess you're drogic, but two international players to play in Toronto than it might be to try and entice like Ben's like I think I mean I know we didn't get Giannis but I feel like we would have had an easier time convincing him to come to Toronto than Ben Simmons and based on a lot of things but one being where they are from for sure I mean like you know it's again like you know one thing Brian brought up earlier is like there's so much we don't know and like I always try and remember that but it's something I'm watching with you know like Embiid in Philly you know is Embiid desperate to be in Miami or you know LA or or New York is Jokic uh, desperate to be in those places is Doncic desperate to be in those places I don't know. Like, I mean, obviously everyone's different and, you know, just because they're international players doesn't mean they all think the same way either, but, um, right. That's true. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It's just kind of something I'm, I'm keeping an eye on. Like, I don't know if there's a, like a right or wrong answer really, but, uh, yeah, I'm going to stick with you, George, for, for question number two. Um, and I'm going to work on this name in case I, uh, in case I mess it up too hard, but, uh, Sviatoslav Mikhailuk, uh, just got brought into the uh, the Raptors camp, and um, he's you know certainly profiles as a shooter. Uh, I think actually in a game with OKC and maybe also a game with Detroit before he got traded, he was just like banging threes on us uh, on the Tampa Bay Raptors. But um, yeah, you know I've heard a lot, seen a lot about kind of like the Raptors' lack of shooting, and I'm just curious like how how big of a deal do you think that is? Um, I think our offense is kind of our biggest <laughs> weakness. So I guess that goes with shooting. I, I wonder if like last year, like, okay, the year before last shooting was an issue, but it wasn't like the kind of issue it was last year. Like I feel like last year, because it, in Tampa, it was so glaringly obvious that we could not put the ball in the basket. And I feel like the year before that, we couldn't really get the ball in the basket a lot, but at the same time, like, I guess our defense really helped us win games and, and we were able to score. So yeah, I wonder if like, I do think it's a problem and I do like that they took, uh, Mikhail Luke. Did I say that right? I think um, so. Uh, yeah, I think so. I, I'm glad they got him. Like, I think maybe once we're back in Toronto, the, um, atmosphere might, like I think shooting is so much confidence. And like, I think last year they could like, you know, um, Pascal could never get a buzzer beater, but like how much of that is because you didn't get the first two. And then you're just like, everyone's like, I guess you can't do it. And then he's like, I guess I can't do it. And I'm, I'm hoping that the vibes in Toronto and like the energy and everyone loving, hopefully people are loving Pascal again, get some more balls and baskets. Um, I also know that like, now we're trying to figure out what who's going to make the roster spots that are left. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, I think, um, I think Watanabe is going to get it over 
Gillespie. I don't know if those two are even actually competing like head to head, but if we're talking about shooting, like I know that last year it seemed like Watanabe was really like passing the ball instead of shooting, but then it seemed like the second half before he got injured, he was getting some confidence and shooting Mm -hmm. and making some crazy buckets. And I think if we need to focus, well, I mean, cause I like his defense too. So I think if we need to focus on offense, like he would be the better choice. Yeah, no, I, I, I think you brought up a bunch of good points and, and kind of like teaching guys to shoot within our system, I think is going to be a huge part of this year. So I do think it is probably the biggest uh, deficit. Like, you know, I think the Raptors have struggled in some capacity with the hot, with their half court offense for, I don't know, like since the championship, like I, we really heavily relied on surge surges, pick and pop. And he was so efficient. And I think losing him and replacing him with Baines was just deadly on offense and defense. And it really kind of hurt the players around him, but yeah, you know, I'm not convinced that uh, a guy like precious isn't going to, be able to shoot okay or, or, or Utah or, you know, I think some of these guys we've brought in, they kind of give me not, I don't want to say Matt Thomas vibes, but like they're, they're sort of, I don't know if they're going to address the the shooting issues of the guys who are playing the bulk of the minutes. Like for right. instance, you know, if you got Scotty who's struggling to shoot, you know, and precious who's also struggling to shoot, there might be some, you know, times where the, where the court, where the offense, like it seems kind of congested or small. And uh, yeah, before I go to you, Brian, I'll just say, I, f- I feel like you're, we're probably all in the same place here, but I definitely haven't sold any of my Pascal stock. Like I'm, I, I think Pascal's still an incredible player. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, I mean, I understand anyone's frustration because it, losing is hard and, you know, he's our, he's the big money player on the roster now, but I, I absolutely expect him to shoot well and, and have a really, really strong season. But uh, yeah. Where, where are you at with shooting on the roster? Like how big of an issue do you think it is? Um, Yeah, I think that's that's the biggest issue um, with the roster makeup right now, you know, even before like, uh, or just like kind of heading into this past off season. Um, That said, it's obviously the most teachable skill in the game. Right. Or, um, you know, our, our management's been collecting players that have a lot of qualities that aren't really so easy to find length, uh, just intangibles, like heart and hustle, that type of stuff. Yep. Um, so yeah, I think, uh, they're probably confident in their ability to uh, develop the shooters, uh, you know, from within and, uh, see what happens. Right. Um, I think the jury's out really. We'll see how it goes. Uh, not ha- like our transition game was really hurt last year. That was a big part, like with Baines being really slow. Uh, yes. And also not really working with our uh, defensive schemes. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, you know, you know, obviously, you know, I was like championing Aaron Baines, obviously. And I watched a good amount of Phoenix games the year prior. Oh, man. me too. He looked all right. Yeah, he, yeah, he looked really good. Uh, he was hitting his open shots. You know, he's a solid uh you know, one-on-one defender. And I was like, yeah, he should be all right. Like, I, you know, like, don't get me wrong. I was expecting him to, you know, fill in Serge's shoes or Mark's. Those guys are two really good centers. Uh, you know, it's a position that's obviously really been dwindling in, uh, in talent. And uh, I thought he'd be solid and he'd be a good stopgap. But unfortunately, it didn't work out that way. And, um, you know, our transition offense really struggled uh, due to the defense and 
you know, his lack of speed. So, you know, I think having uh, guys like Precious will help a lot in just being able. And also we saw uh, uh, Cam at the end of last season and, uh, you know, our transition game looked pretty good with Cam in the middle. So I think that being getting our guys out and running again will help a lot. And uh, the shooting, we'll see what happens with that. But <laughs> Yeah, okay. I, I like totally agree with all of that. Sorry, go, go ahead, George. I just wanted to in- interrupt and say, like, the other day I saw on, on on Instagram, like, a video of a Matt Thomas Raptors game, like, in the bubble where he – remember he had that game where he was just, like, so uh, amazing. And I was just – like- Kevin Durant was like asking who that was. Yes, yes. That yeah. was the exact clip. And I was like, damn, like I really believed in this man for a minute so much. And then and it's almost set, like I don't I'm glad he's not on the team anymore because, you know, of course. But I just wish that version of Matt Thomas was on our team still. It was kind of magic and like so exciting when he would come in. I think it's just one of those things where because the offense was so stagnant and like everyone was probably feeling internal pressure to make their shots. Everyone was pressing. I think, you know, if, if we had an offense like we did in 2019 where things just kind of felt more free, free flowing or whatever, people would just be more relaxed and hitting their shots. But it was just, you know, that's perfect storm last season of just of trash. <laughs> Matt's yes. not even in the league now. Uh, did, no. did, did uh, Utah he, drop him? He, they waved him. Yeah. I think. Or Oh, waved. wow. Dang it. That's too bad. I mean, like you know, he he definitely it was like magical when he'd come on, and 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 Brian, you nailed it. Like I feel like that it, it truly was a perfect storm of like bad things, and you know that seems like I'm not trying to present a perfect storm of excuses because like you know we did make the playoffs, and that is what that is. So you know you just have to kind of like take it on the chin and keep moving, but. I feel like it's not delusional to think that this team is going to be greatly improved. And, you know, going back to your transition thing, I think is massive because, you know, when your defense is constantly letting you down, when you're struggling to rebound, you know, which I think is going to happen less with guys like Precious and, and Kem and, you know, we're we're openly wondering now if a like a breath of fresh air like Gillespie is even going to make the final roster. So I think... I'm feeling, you know, if not more like top level depth, definitely overall kind of athleticism and depth on the team, which I feel like should greatly improve kind of like the, the at least the speed at which the Raptors can play. And and totally the jury is very much still out on like what we can do in the half court. Um, you know, it's going to be Fred's first time. I was saying this uh, last week, but it's going to be his first time finally having like, you know, all of the options available to him. And I think him and Kyle did a wonderful job of creatively being small together, but you know, that's done for him. He's always going to be the smallest guy in the court. Uh, I guess maybe he'll play with Malachi sometimes, but (laughs) I, I I don't know. I think he's maybe shorter than Malachi, but regardless, I I feel like it's going to be, there there will be some figuring out for sure, but uh, you know, what will be more athleticism about this coming season is the fact that when like our starters take a breather, we're probably going to be able to maintain, like, I think our bench is just so much better than last year. Like, remember sometimes our bench last year, we get like 11, like no points in 11 minutes. <laughs> like they are just trash. And yeah. this year, like hopefully people can take a seat and it's not going to hinder the game. In fact, like, I think we might make up points when the bench is on. 
Totally. And I think we're going to be really big too. Like the, the transition from, from size is going to be absolutely massive. Like, you know, we had, we had a bunch of lineups where, you know, it would be like Stanley at the four and, you know, you got Bembry and, and just kind of like hoping for the best with these guys. And yeah, we might be kind of foul prone or whatever, but we're definitely going to be a big, tough athletic team. Um, but uh, I, I want to kind of get a bit silly for a second and keep it in the shooter department because, uh, yeah, I want to talk about Danny Green's tattoo. And uh, Maddie, uh, I know, I know, you know, I want you to answer this question, so please, please join us. Um, <laughs> I know you're gonna have a good answer. So uh, yeah, we got Danny Green still showing his love for the Raptors. Still haven't picked, still hasn't picked up his ring, which is like funny and like <laughs> nice to me. But uh, yeah, you got a Raptors tattoo, which is I- incredible. I don't know if he has a Spurs and a Lakers tattoo, or if, if he just he does have a Lakers. I, I don't know why they edited that out, but yeah, like yeah. He, he got a tattoo on his arm, like forearm Raptors upper, like bicep area. He got giant Lakers championship tat. Yeah, oh, like that's Hollywood awesome. Sign like Hollywood sign on it and like a Kobe tribute and stuff. So it's cool. Like those two championships. Yeah. Uh, I wonder Spurs. Does he have Toronto, a Toronto? Toronto media is omitting the Lakers part and LA media is omitting the Toronto part. <laughs> so <laughs> that's I mean, I live, pretty live in awesome. LA and I, didn't see anything about that LA stuff. I might oh, just really? only follow. Uh, well, yeah, I probably just, just only follow just, Toronto Twitter. Probably yeah. just just Google it and yeah, you'll yeah. see it. Yeah, we'll 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 figure it out. Um, so that's awesome though. I love the like the the 3D chess of of like people being like, check out this Raptors tattoo and like I'm gonna repeat it. Like I wonder if there's a Spurs tattoo. Like did did they make the cut? You know. Um, awesome. I hope so, but uh. Yeah, let's let's go to you first, uh, Brian. And um, my question is just who 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 needs to get a tattoo on the Raptors, and and what does it need to be of? Like I don't think anyone needs to get a tattoo. We need to get tattoos removed. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to trigger a lot of my friends. I, I have like so many friends that are tattoo artists. Now, listen, tattoos are great. I just think that a lot of people um, are a little reckless about getting them. And, Fair. You know, I mean teachers on right like I, i'm not i i don't have any i don't like maybe i get a tattoo someday like for to, to commemorate something significant or whatever but mm-hmm. yeah i'm not the type that's just like oh let's get a tattoo for the sake of getting a tat tat and i don't know like like um you know not getting a tattoo has been the new getting a tattoo since like you know the, <laughs> the tens pretty much right as someone that doesn't have a tattoo i 100 percent agree with you and <laughs> Also, it's a bit of like a, I don't want to say fear of pain, but for me, it's the fear of like when, like, I just, I've never been able to think of something that I, that wouldn't expire really quickly and like in value to myself. Like, I don't know what I could put on my body that like in 30 years, I'd be like, oh yeah, still love hats or whatever, you know? You should get the, uh, the uh, podcast tat somewhere on your body yeah on your body. actually you know what you know what matt that, that's me and matt's kickstarter we're getting, we're getting confederacy of dunks uh which is the image from confederacy oh of dunces the book uh a, a guy dunking in a, in a toque so maddie we're both getting that getting that oh, okay. on our forehead okay oh, <laughs> um, oh let's dear. uh Let's go to you, George. What's uh like, yeah, what's who needs a tattoo uh, or, or like, yeah, who needs tattoo removal or whatever? Um, yeah, but who needs a tattoo and, and what is the <laughs> tattoo? Removal. Um, well, I was like when I read when I because you kind of warned us about this question, which was nice of you. So I was like, 
you know, I was like, maybe OG needs like a scarf tattoo. But then I was like, I was like, what tattoos do these guys have? And we weirdly have a lot of guys on our team that don't have tattoos. Like I know Kyle's gone, but he didn't have any tattoos and Pascal doesn't and OG doesn't. And Scotty Barnes is new, but he, he doesn't. And I don't think Malachi does. I think this question is hard to answer, but if I could change it a bit to who will be the next Raptor to get a Raptors tattoo. Ooh, I like that. I think it's going to be, um, Oh no, <laughs> I just got really stressed and blanked on this player's <laughs> name. Oh my God. That's okay. Do you guys want to guess who I'm thinking of? Yeah. I'll tell you. Goran Dragic. Yes, it's like a, a raptor and it has like an X through it. Um, no, this person is really stoked to be on the raptors and he's new. Oh, Barnes? <laughs> and it's not Barnes. Oh, He's it, not that new. He has played before. Is it uh, Delano Banton? He's really successful and I should absolutely oh, be able uh, to Decker, Sam Decker? He's, a, he's a starter on our team. And he filled in for a real big fave. <laughs> I said it's Gary Trent. Gary Trent. Nice. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Gary Trent Jr. is for oh, sure yeah. going to get oh, yeah. like a 416 tattoo or something. If he hasn't already, <laughs> he's that guy's so stoked to be on the team. Yeah, he definitely was like doing a bunch of ads or not ads, but like he was like repping Toronto pretty quickly, even though he was in Tampa. Yes. Like it was awesome. I bought, he wore like old, like a uh, vintage Raptor shorts and I like bought them right away. <laughs> yeah. He, he, he knows what he's doing. He's, he's repping the Raptors hard. I feel like fans are going to love Gary Trent. Well, I think they already do now. Yeah. Fair enough. If anyone doesn't like Gary Trent, I mean, like, I don't know. His, his... Well, he seems like the type of guy that's just a really positive individual. He'd probably like bring the same energy, like regardless of, whether it got traded to like Milwaukee or Phoenix or Alaska or like wherever, it just seems like a, the type of guy that like a glass half full type of guy. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But I also think he was particularly stoked. It was like, cause I think there's a coolness that comes with the Toronto Raptors that is new and it's from Drake and, and it's from the championship. And I think that there's, I think like he's a young guy who likes hip, cool things. And I think he liked how hip and cool the Raptors are. They are cool. Yep. Yeah, Am I cool. forcing this? <laughs> <laughs> We're cool. Okay. We're cool. No, I, I also feel like the, uh, you know, the, the, the weird kind of coincidence of his dad getting traded from the Blazers to the Raptors, like, I don't know, like gave him a bit more sense of like destiny, even if it's like, even if that's not real, like I, it definitely was a cool factoid that I feel like is, is, is oh, fun. No, and other coincidental, um, or like him and his dad, there were certain other things that they had in common. I can't remember what it was like, like the exact amount of games or something or, Oh yeah. The same amount of games play. I can't yeah. remember what it was, but there was something that aligned up perfectly. I think maybe even the date too. Twilight Zone-ish. Yeah, it was Twilight Zone-ish. His dad's the one player that uh, I share a birthday with. Oh. Sick. Remember that? Going back to like NBA Live 2000, be like looking at all the players' birthdays. Like, who's got the same birthday as me? I'm pretty sure mine is Allen Iverson. Oh, damn. Which, which, is, <laughs> which is a good one. But now I'm like, you know, it's June 7th. So I feel like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll correct myself if I'm wrong. But I'll, I also got Prince. So it's pretty sick. Birthday. Oh, damn, man. Yeah, you're beating us all. All the greats. All the I greats. Mean, Stephen King was born the day before me. So <laughs> if, I, if I had that, then I would win. But 
<laughs> yes, yeah, St- Stephen King's gonna write a novella about your birthday because, like, he had the time, you know. Yeah. yeah. Okay, weird, bad Stephen King joke. I'm so sorry, everyone. <laughs> um, Maddie, what, what's your yeah. what's your tattoo answer? Well, uh, you know, I can't really think of a player that I want to get a tattoo, but I would like it to shift over to management, and I want <laughs> Nick Nurse to have a little more attitude out there because we know he's he's always, you know, dropping his jaw and he's. He's yelling and moving his arms and stuff, but I want some subtle stuff. Like, I don't know why I want him to have this for just when he plays the Pistons, but like just a tattoo of the rock of (laughs) Casey's rock on the palm of his hand. And he just, (laughs) he just flashes it and then like crushes his hand to it at Casey. How dare you? Just to throw him off a little bit because he's very sensitive about that rock, Casey. Uh, And then like, honestly, I, why stop at tattoos? I want him to like get hoops in his ears. I want them stretched, and oh my God. and then yeah, like full, full on sleeves for Nick Nurse, and never wears a suit again. Like he's always wearing tank tops um, to show it off, and it's just gonna add like this intimidating factor out there, folks. And you know he flashes that palm rock tattoo and crushes it. We're gonna win those games. Uh, Maddie, you, you didn't disappoint. Um, your, your description of nurse is it kind of became something like a Xerxes in 300. Uh, you, you, you want, you want, you want our sideline to be a bit of a sideshow, but you know, cheers. cheers to that. Um, yeah, I actually was going to say, um, Oh geez, like an, a scarf. Cause I thought it was funny, but, uh, I guess it was low hanging fruit. So m- my backup answer is, um, Ish Wainwright, I want him to get a tattoo that says I'm also a football player because I just think that's a, a weird, cool stat. And if it was like fully like text that said that, I think people would be like, what is that? And then they would Google it and they'd be like, oh, he actually is cool. So uh, <laughs> yeah, that's my backup answer, which is for sure not good at all. Um, but, you know, we're, we're doing our best out here. Let's uh, let's move on to some NBA stuff. And uh, let's actually just take a quick break before we do that for some ads. I never know if that's going to work. We'll see if it does. It has been kind of working. It it works for me. I'm the one who decides where it goes. (laughs) Well, uh, I I love that you think that it you're it's the ads are calling to you by announcing a break. Hey, I don't understand anything about algorithms, so I just assume I'm always being listened to, and yeah, it's some kind of some kind of weird thing where people <laughs> keep track of me like that. But uh, yeah, Maddie, would you give me your most delicious sounding Adam Silver Foghorn sounding NBA sting? This is Adam Silver. You know, missed it that time. That's okay. <laughs> uh, let's uh, let's go to you, Brian. Um, yeah, just uh, what was I going to ask here? Oh, yeah, this is. I mean, I don't know if I don't know if this is going to be an easy answer for everyone, but I I was thinking about it a bunch, and I feel like it's a bit more complicated than I originally thought. But uh, yeah, who do you think has the better big three between uh, L.A. and Brooklyn? Who's the Lakers' third guy again? So they just added Russ. 
Oh yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I, well, I, I thought maybe you were saying like, now Russ is, doesn't qualify. I would say that LA like got the more entertaining big three because just, I don't know. It's just going to be fun seeing how LeBron and Russ mesh. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously from just like today's game, Brooklyn has the better big three in terms of just three guys that can shoot and handle the ball, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I think they're both really good though. Um, that's probably the finals and who stays healthier really. It's like whoever's big three stays healthier is the better big three. I, I think that I, I totally agree. I think analytically Brooklyn, but ultimately it's going to be health. And this is the year, you know, I remember last year when it was like LA Brooklyn in the finals, I was like, I feel like neither. And this year, I do feel like that is the like oncoming collision. I think well, you know, be, end up being like Denver and us. Oh, sorry. Oh, it's all good. That's uh, that's Denver calling to be like, listen, we'll be in the finals, okay? That's Rogers calling to try to sell me another internet plan. Fair enough. Um, Fido's been working me hard, and I don't know what to tell you, Fido. Mm-hmm. I already have phone with you. You know, chill out. Uh, I'm assuming also Fido listens to this podcast, uh, the dog that runs the company. For sure. But uh, yeah, uh, George, what do you what do you think? You're you're in LA. Um, you know, people are I'm sure hyped about Russ, and I think I think some of the like Russ can't, you know, be successful in in today's game. Maybe is being challenged by the fact that LeBron is usually successful. Uh, it, again, I, I think the jury will be out on that. It'll be fun. I, I'm definitely on the side that I think it is going to be successful, but we'll see. Um, yeah. Do you like, do, do you agree with us? Do you think, you know, maybe the Lakers have a better, uh, big three or Brooklyn or what? Uh, I think I agree with you guys. I think Brooklyn has a better big three. I am a real, and I guess it's cause I'm a Toronto fan. Like I'm a real, a believer in a in point like a great point guard and I would pick Kyrie Irving over Westbrook like any day of the week and I'm also one of those people that just doesn't believe in Westbrook um I I think I if I had to guess it it does depend on who stays healthy I if I had to guess I don't think the, I I think the Lakers big 3 will be are less likely to stay healthy And even if that's the case, I think if like both teams have one of their threes unhealthy, then Brooklyn really takes it. Um, I guess it depends on which of the tripod is unhealthy. Right. But um, like ideally (laughs) for Brooklyn, it would be like if if both teams had to have an unhealthy player, it'd be like Westbrook's unhealthy. This is like pro Brooklyn. Westbrook's unhealthy and it's Harden who's unhealthy. I think those would be the best situation for... No, obviously LeBron being unhealthy would be the best. What am I talking about? Anyways, I believe in Brooklyn way more. I'm not a Lakers fan for starters, so I take everything I'm saying with a grain of salt. I do really like LeBron and AD, but I just don't think they're going to stay well. And I think that LeBron is going to get really... I foresee like a fallout between Westbrook and LeBron. Wow. Oh my God. I think like f- fair enough. I just feel like, I, I, I don't know. I'm not, not to like totally disagree, but I just feel like there's this mixture of like for Westbrook, I feel like he's really going to try to seize this opportunity. I think he does 
you know, I know he shoots the ball like crazy uh, and is not efficient at it, but uh, there is this kind of motor to him that I, I've always, I've always sort of believed in. I feel like after his MVP year, there was kind of this like shift where everyone's like, this guy, this guy's brutal. And like, I never, I never jumped on that. And also to be fair, you know, Kyrie won me over a bit more last year, but I would definitely put myself in a little bit of like a, not a hater of Kyrie, but I feel like when he was with LeBron, I, I, I remember saying like, I don't think he's going to win another championship. Like when he, when he first left to Boston, I was like, no, this guy doesn't recognize how hard it is to get there. And, and also to your point about health, like, cause I think it's really interesting. Like, if I'm not mistaken, like the like Westbrook and Harden seem to be the like super healthy guys. Like obviously LeBron, but he's he's a bit older. And and KD, I mean, he's already breaking like records, like with what he's done with his Achilles. And like I, I just hope he stays healthy. But you know, history is not necessarily on his side there. I mean, it should be very interesting. AD, I would say, is the most injured of like the six stars, like consistently, anyways. But um yeah, I don't know. Lots of good points on both ends, and I feel like I'm I'm glad I brought this question up because it's not super straightforward to me. I think that I think Brooklyn, I would give them the edge, uh, just because it's also their second year, and I'm a believer of like you know big threes. Their second year, they can really kind of like figure out the role player scenario and and that kind of stuff. But I Brian, I feel yeah, you had some like Russ and um, Russ and LeBron. I think are going to get along great. You know, I think Russ is such an underrated teammate. Like, no one ever has anything bad to say about Russ as a teammate. Like, yeah, he's not that efficient. But also, I mean, he's been on teams, like, when you look back to, like, OKC when, like, post-KD, post where he had to carry a lot of the scoring load himself. Um, but that said, you know, when you look at his game, like, when he went to Washington and stuff, and, and when he was teamed up with Harden, like, he did tone it down a bit. And I feel like he's he's a good teammate, and he will – you know, sacrifice for the good of the team. Um, and the other thing about him is that uh, out of all, uh, like, all six players in that, in the two big threes, he's got the greatest, like, competitive drive, I think, out of any of those guys. So that's kind of the X factor for um, for him and for L.A. Uh, whereas, like, you know, he's obviously probably a better fit in, like, the 80s or 90s or something. But um, yeah, but just that, like, yeah, that competitive hunger that he has, like, I don't think you know, anyone in the league has really had since Kobe. So, um, yeah, I think I'll find a way to make it work. I mean, Kyle's pretty competitive. Yeah, they all, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not saying these other guys aren't competitive. They're all like a a lot of alpha males, right? In that league that are all like super competitive guys. But I'm just saying that like Russ is on that next level of like, you know, like bordering on sociopathic, like type of competitiveness, you know, like it's like him, Kobe and, MJ are like my top three most competitive guys of all time in, in the NBA, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, he, he's hyper. Sorry, go ahead, George. I was just going to say, I'm going to have to watch out for that. Cause I've never really thought of him as more competitive, but I'll, I'll watch. I'll like keep that in mind this season when I'm watching. Yeah. Well, maybe it's just me being biased. Cause I am a big Russ fan, but <laughs> well, it's probably me not being biased. Cause like, I don't like him for no reason, for no real reason at all. I don't like him because people would often be like, who's better Lowry or Westbrook. And I was all, you know, so I'm just I mean, like, that's, that's not his fault though. Right. I mean, Kalo's like, no, it's not one of the most underrated players, like of our time, you know, like all the advanced metrics show that Kyle Lowry 
is a top 10 to top 15 player of the past decade. And it was like empirical evidence, but like people always like, right. I'm like, Oh, he sucks. Oh, he's overrated. Bro. Like, no, he's not. He's really freaking good. <laughs> he's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I've said it, I, you know, spoke it to death on this podcast, but like, I would not have been upset. I would have been quite happy if we, we did retain Kyle. Um, I mean, I think his, his three-year contract is is a big one, but uh, I do. I mean, I just think you know you don't get many chances. Uh, he, his first choice was to stay here, was from what I heard. Yeah, that to me is not really like surprising. Both parties, like both parties wanted to stay together, but it just didn't really make sense from a basketball perspective. So yeah, it's just like you know, for Kalo, like go and try to win another chip, and for us, get younger and you know start preparing for the future right yeah we both kind of outgrown each other like you know in a relationship and you still really like love the other person but you're like it's just not gonna work out for us like i need to grow in this direction and you need to grow in that direction for sure we're, de- we're definitely in like a new new era and I'm, i think you know i'm i'm into it it's, it's exciting i think there's going to be lots of like fits and starts and it should be interesting to see like who you know like like what the attitude of this era is but um yeah George, I just want to talk about Ben Simmons. Like, I feel like it's been all over the place since, you know, they lost to the Hawks and there's the famous moment where, you know, he kind of like was a bit nervous to dunk it. But then also there's been some settling where people are like, right, he was runner-up defensive player of the year. He's on a pretty good contract. He's still 24 years old. Um and then, but anyways, I was just reading that he, you know, apparently he's not going to report to camp. So I think that's a little bit of an escalation of where it's been, but also you never know if that's going to stick. Um, I'm just curious what, what you both think, but yeah, George, I'll start with you. Like what, what happens with Ben Simmons? Like from now, you know, until the start of the season, like, is he a sixer? Is it like they things he, like he's a sixer, but it's like intense or so like, no, the, he, he's not going to play until he's traded. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm really confused about the Ben Simmons situation because I don't think he belongs on the Sixers. I think not like necessarily it's his fault. I just think like Philly is an unforgiving city, and I don't think Ben Ben uh, uh, I don't think Ben Simmons can come back to that situation and succeed in any way. And I don't think it's good for the Sixers. So I'm really confused why he's even still on the team. Um, that said, like, and I know I'm just listening to reports and like, I was also just reading about how he's not going to training camp. Mm-hmm. He seems like, um, from all media reports, obviously never met the guy, but he seems kind of like high maintenance. And like, I feel like he's not understanding what would be best for him either. Like, I, I don't think he wants to stay in Philly, obviously, but like, I, it sounds like he's really picky about where he goes um, and again, my bias is coming through, but like, I'm never going to like a player that does not want to come to Toronto, even though Brian, you made a good point. Like there's, there's lots of cities I don't want to live in either. So like, it, you know, it, it's not really, I shouldn't really take it personally. Um, but I do, I mean, I don't even live in Toronto. I left. So, <laughs> but I miss it a lot. Um, yeah. So I don't really know what's happening over in the Sixers camp. I think a lot of mistakes are being made. I don't think he should still be on that team. And I think they got to figure, I think like maybe they're just asking too much or he's asking too much because, and they're not going to get what they need. Yeah. uh, I think right before I go to Brian, I'll just add, um, 
I feel like part of the unwinnable nature of the, you know, of the situation, it seems is Daryl Morey. And, and I'm a, I'm a big Daryl Morey fan. I think he's like, you know, done some awesome things in the NBA, but I also feel like he wants to win this trade. And I feel yeah. like he might be in a situation where that it, it's not a winnable trade. Like I, I really felt that the whole deadline, you know, everyone, you know, I know we're going back to Kyle here, but people kept, you know, they were so sure Kyle was out the door at the deadline. And for me, once the major players were Pat Riley, Daryl Morey and Masai, I was like, there's no deal getting done. I don't know what to tell people like, but those three want to win every interaction they have. And they're, that's just a tough bargaining trio. And, and I feel like I, yeah, I'm not sure. You said, you said Maury and Maury, Masai and Pat Riley with the heat. Like I know, I know, I know Riley and, and Masai did get a deal done this off season, but I feel like if, for instance, precious wasn't truly on the table in the, in the, uh, in the deadline and it was hero. I think Masai was like, I'm, I'm cool with that. Like, yeah, you know, I, don't, I don't think Masai tries to win every deal and that's why he wins every deal, you know, like, cause I, he's, he just does what he thinks is in the best interest of the team and try to come with, uh, you know, like the most mutually beneficial deal that he can. Mm-hmm. And he's like an amiable dude. Like people like him and that's why things get done. Right. Like if, yeah, that's true. Some of these GMs yeah. like, or, 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 you know, other team presidents or, you know, maybe a little too cerebral for their own good and mm-hmm. also be kind of crotchety in their personal yeah. things, perhaps. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, like when you look at like, again, a guy like Babcock back in the day, he did, he obviously didn't have like the charisma that Masai has. Right. And that was probably very detrimental to his ability to get deals done in our favor. You know, like, I mean, when you look at the uh, Vince deal, I don't know, maybe you could have got a bit more. Maybe not. Oh yeah, I think I think the Vince deal. You know, especially if you're looking at like you know what Masai's done, the Vince deal definitely hurts. And and actually, I think I think that's a really really good point about Masai. And I, I shouldn't put him in the same camp as Maury and Riley because I think that that's exactly right. Masai seems to be clever, be kind of like this this guy that can make things happen. And and you know. Uh, I was talking to a, fr- a friend of ours, uh, J- Jonathan Yam, before uh, before this started. And we, we were talking about Masai, and he, you know, he brought up a good point too. Just kind of saying that, you know, Masai, you can only like like crush other teams in a trade so many times before the rest of the league is like just a bit nervous to deal with you. So right. I feel like he's, you know, he's working those angles. He's kind of like I can do this clever, amazing trade. Sometimes uh, I can totally win, but also I can do like a, a mutual win, which in my opinion was, was the norm Gary Trent Rodney hood trade. I thought was a, you know, s- sort of a mutual win. Um, like, I guess we'll see how, you know, it works out for, for all parties involved, but um, yeah. What do you, what do you think about, um, you know, Ben Simmons and like where that's heading or not heading? Um. Well, yeah, I don't think now's the time to try to force a trade, you know, for the sake of trading him, like, because then they'll get into like a Vince Carter situation where they, you know, just take on contracts uh, and assets that don't really help them. Um, I think the best thing for Philly is for them to stand pat. And, uh, you know, everyone's in their feelings right now because of the last playoffs. But uh, mm-hmm. ben, Simmons, ben Simmons is like a generational talent, you know, he, and he's really fucking good. And all it will take was, for him to bounce back and have a really good season, which he totally can do. 
and you know everything will be all good in Philly again. Um, that said, I mean he's obviously not a great fit like with the roster that they have. And yep. I keep saying it, they need to trade him to Golden State for Andrew Wiggins and you know I guess the draft is done now, but they could uh, you know like Wiggins and Kaminga or something for for Simmons. You know like who says no? I think that'd be a really good uh, move for both teams. Um, you know he obviously needs to be on a team with that's full of shooters and. Golden State is that. It's also like, I mean, again, going back to George's point about like Philly fans, like, you know, Bay Area is, Bay Area is like polar opposite, right? People are just like chill and super supportive. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, ideally, I think that's the trade to make if there were one to happen. But that said, I do think Philly should stand pat and I don't see anything getting done um, prior to the season starting. And if things go well um, out of the gate and over the first month or two, I could definitely see him remaining in Philly and, you know, maybe even retiring there. I mean, like, look how things bad, look how bad things got with like Kobe and the Lakers at one point, Mm -hmm. almost, you know, had his foot out the door. He's going to the Clippers or whatever. And, uh, you know, we look at it in retrospect and he retired, you know, one of the greatest Lakers of all time. So it could be the same situation for, for Ben and it will be the same situation, situation for Pascal who, you know, people soured on him because his three point efficiency went down, but, It'll be the goat raptor when it's all said and done. Oh, I love that confidence. I mean, I, I am still so high on Pascal. I think he's such an incredible player. And I think, yeah, the transition, you know, from being like an opportunistic, you know, 1A to like, a, like you are the one. We expect you to have like a, you know, a bunch of pet plays that are unstoppable is, uh, is extremely difficult. And I think even, you know, with COVID and with Tampa, you know, when the dust settled on like, his numbers and efficiency, particularly without pains, uh, I think he was incredible. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, you know, we yeah, we we, 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 we love Pascal around here. Last year, I mean, you look at the final numbers, and I mean, obviously, I don't know if it was you that brought it up that, um, or there was that tweet that was talking about how when uh, Pascal and OG were uh, on the court together without Baines. They were, what was it, second in the league or first in the league in offensive efficiency, something like that. Yeah, they were they, they, they were quite incredible, like, without They're Baines. Really good. And, and, yeah, it should come as no surprise because they were really incredible in the year prior. So why would that change? Totally. And, and, and we actually talked about this a little bit about, you know, I was kind of saying, like, the wear and tear of – you know, like them not playing with like a, with a banger and you, and you kind of brought up, it's like, yeah, well the, the center position is, is so changed right now. And you said it earlier in the pod too, it's a, it's a, it's weird. It's a diminishing position, but it's still important, obviously. And I think, yeah, what, what a modern center is, is just different now. Like obviously you have Jokic and Embiid and, you know, I guess guys like Nurkic and, and JV to a lesser degree, but it's like the big clunky, like I'm going to destroy you with my size centers is, is, is very rare in specialty cat- category right now. I think until they change the, the league rules. Right. I mean, who knows what changes will be made to the rules in the future, but totally something happen that brings back, you know, the big man, but we'll see. For sure. And I think that I always love watching how a rule change can affect things. You know, the hand check rules, Michael Jordan, I think helped produce a guy like James Harden, who's just like maximizing the rules and, and his skill set. And, and I love it. And I think, I think you're exactly right. Like it's just a tweak here, tweak there can really kind of like change strategy and like how, how people approach the game. 
Make dunks worth three points. There you go. <laughs> that would be yeah. Alley oops, four points. That's that's probably getting too crazy, I mean, but I mean that's some like real North Korea type type shit there, but yeah. I mean, you know, I'm I'm in I'm into some fun uh, you know flubber based antics. Had to sure. get my flubber reference in. Um, okay, let's uh, let's finish strong here and do some quickish questions. Uh, Maddie D, I know you're there. Why don't you give me the most uh, rude, delicious sounding quickish question sting? Quickish you Okay, here we go. Quickish questions. You know it. You love it. I'm going to read a bunch of questions uh, as, as quickly and concisely as I can. I'm going to, you know, stutter, slur, misread a comma. That's okay. You have to answer as quickly as you possibly can. No phoning a friend or Maddie D, you know, fixing the AC, you know, st- <laughs> no, no hijinks. Okay. okay. Um, if, uh, yeah, if you're confused by the question, Sorry, you just got to go for it. Uh, <laughs> but I'll, I'll do my best. Okay, let's uh, let's go Brian, George, Maddie D. All right, here we go. Brian, inspired by Danny, what significant life event do you plan to commemorate with a tattoo? Funny question uh, coming your way. <laughs> I would get a tattoo commemorating Danny Green getting a tattoo of... <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I would pay to see that. That would be, yeah. Like, so, yeah, just on my back, just Danny Green getting tatted with, like, <laughs> with his arm, and it would be an exact facsimile of his tattoo. <laughs> That's like some Inception-style shit, and I love it. Uh, George, uh, what is the longest time you have taken to pick up a ring? <laughs> um, I think only, like, a week. Yeah. Cheers. Yeah, uh, same here. If I have a ring with my name on it, I'm like, I'm going to head there. Um, yeah. Maddie. Yes. How long before uh, we, I guess we as in Raptors fans, keep looking at Suggs' stat line? <laughs> How long until we stop? Maddie, I need you to answer the question. <laughs> Sorry, I think I missed it. Uh, I I th- I think we're gonna be watching that guy. It's gonna be like a, you know, it's gonna be like a Crosby Ovechkin rivalry, Barnes and Suggs, and we're gonna be his whole career. We're gonna be watching those stats and comparing and you know grading them at the end of each season. Who was better? I love it, um, Brian. You're in charge of planning a team building event for the new Raptors players. Where in Toronto do you take them, and what will the event be? I would take them to Swiss Chalet, and the event would be eating Swiss Chalet. <laughs> yes. Um, Toblerone era or Lindor chocolate era? Oh, man, it's got it. <laughs> yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, <laughs> Uh, Alisa, Alisa Nobrega, if you're if you're listening, um, I don't know what to say. Bring back the Toblerone. Yeah, people go crazy <laughs> for it. I test Alisa. Shout out, um, George. Uh, if you can ask Masai Ujiri anything, uh, what would it be? Uh, Want to hang out? Yep. Yep. <laughs> that checks out. Uh, yeah, imagine if he said yes, it'd be so sick. I mean, um, I do imagine that. 
Yeah, I guess I imagine he'd say no to me, just like confidently, <laughs> but no thanks. Uh, Maddie, mm-hmm. uh, what's a good dance move to do after you score a basket? Um, the, the the nicest one that had lots of flow that I liked was the, the Vasquez little shimmy. I always liked Ooh. that little Vasquez shimmy. And, uh, you know, especially when it's like a three-pointer or something, I still want OG to do, because he's, you know, from the UK, when I want him to do like a T salute when he gets a three. Uh, yeah, if OG did a T salute, that would be amazing, especially if he mimed the like little plate under it. Yeah, you know. Some high, some high T with OG. <laughs> That's good. Uh, Brian. Over under uh, 41.5 number of games LeBron plays. Over. Yeah, I think so. I mean, that would be a lot. It would be very injured. 41.7. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. You somehow you big, you bust over the over, but just in a weird fractional way. Uh, <laughs> he'll play the full season because he's LeBron. Whoa. Yeah. Witness, witness to that. Um, George, Scotty Barnes will start blank uh, number of games for the Raptors this season. How many games are in the season this year? Uh, we're, I think we're, we're back to 82. Okay. I think he'll start whatever half of 82 is. 41. Thank 70. you. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Um, I think there'll be some injuries and he'll be starting. Oh, yeah. wow. Uh, well, I mean, you know, we'll see how long Pascal's out. He'll definitely, be, I feel, I feel oh, like yeah. he'll be start, starting there for sure. Um, Maddie. Yeah. Uh, will there be a Raptor uh, and All-Star weekend this year? Oh, dear. Um, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say yes. It's going to be Dragic. Dragic, yeah. Just like some, some old He's going to light talent. it up. <laughs> Dragic. Uh, okay, let's. Uh, this is the last question. We'll just make it an all, all play. Um, Brian, any new MVP candidates this year, you think? Uh, new MVP candidates. Uh, <laughs> You know, I have nothing to base this on. Um, it's just the first name that popped into my head. I'm going to go with Shea Gilgis Alexander. Oh my, that's juicy and I love it. Uh, George, any any new candidates for you? I mean, I really can't think of anybody who's going to pop off to MVP. That's different than the last season. So I don't think there will be. Fair. Uh, Maddie D? Uh, just to quickly... Uh, uh, catch up on was it Giannis who is the most recent one? No, uh, the Jokic. Most Jokic, right? Uh, yes, no. There's definitely going to be a new MVP. Sorry, Yoke. Uh, and I think it's going to be Zion Williamson. I think he is coming into camp pissed. His family's pissed. Everyone's pissed in his camp, and he's going to show that um, he's going to shatter some backboards this year. I feel like that guy with dunks. I love it. With yeah. dunks, yeah, not yeah. with like a swish. Yeah. <laughs> wow, it's such a swish. It, well, I got I got slurry there, but um, yeah, that's that's quickish questions. We we made it to the end of the pod. 
thank you. Thank you both so much. Thanks for everyone who, who's been listening and supporting. Uh, August is our, our, our best month ever. So we, we really do appreciate that. And uh, yeah, we're growing. And um, thank you all. But uh, yeah, before we sign off here, uh, let's, let's go to you first, Brian. Is there anything coming up? Uh, any, anything you're working or if not, uh, you know, something you want to tell people? Uh, well, you know, I'm just a washed 40 year old DJ. Um, <laughs> no, you're I, awesome. I, I, yeah. I just, uh, recently started getting back to doing gigs and stuff like that. Um, not too much club stuff yet, but, uh, yeah, that's pretty, I mean, that, other than that, I'm staying at home, cooking lots of noodles, playing video games nice. and talking to people about sports. That's pretty <laughs> much my life in a nutshell right now. I mean, I'm almost the exact same, cooking some different things. Uh, I'm not a good cook. HelloFresh, shout out. Did you say sounds terrible? No, I'm terrible. Oh, okay. But it's something that I've been doing during the pandemic. And yeah, food. (laughs) You need food. I'm so Um, hungry now. (laughs) I know. I want some noodles. I I want Swiss Chalet. Oh, Oh, yes, you do. They need to... I don't know. I need to get that in there. They, they don't have an America, do they? No, and I've been really... I don't even eat have, meat, but... You have White Castle, though, so that's, yeah, pretty even trade. No, just kidding. Swiss White LA Castle. Swiss LA so. is the Kalo of food. Swiss LA <laughs> is amazing. That's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Plus, they bought, uh, you know, Saint-Hubert. It's like, no game they in town, you know? What? You, they did, yeah. Really? Oh, my God. Make all my friends so mad. Yeah, that'll piss them off. Oh, yeah, totally. Argument, like the amount of arguments because I used to be a switch. Uh, I used to be a Sanu Bear guy, mm-hmm. and um, when I was younger, and then eventually, you know, I conceded that Swiss Chalet bet is better because it is. Yeah, like, it's just cool. the sauce. It's the like sauce. that. That <laughs> sauce is so good. It's the sauce, exactly. Well, I mean, it's just like you know, with like <laughs> KFC. It's just it's the it's the batter because the chicken is disgusting. It's just. Yeah. <laughs> It's the sauce, the Swiss Chalet sauce, but it is the most delicious concoction oh <laughs> ever invented. So you're right. When you're right, you're right. Uh, George, what's up? What, what do you want to tell people? Um, well, I guess I'm. Uh, if you live in LA, it looks like I'm doing some outdoor shows again. Cool. Nice. Look for those. Uh, if you like sports, I do videos for the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. But right now it's mostly football, and I'll be honest, I'm making it all up. I don't know what's going on with football. And, <laughs> um, I can't wait till it's basketball time, and then I can actually talk about what I like. Um, yeah, that's it. I'm fucking just at home, nesting in my house. I'm having I'm having a baby, so I'm just well. Congratulations, yeah, congrats. That's all I'm really working on is building a human. You got <laughs> What do you, you got? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> we don't have a name because it's a boy, and I don't know if you guys. I know you you're name all... him the Raptor. The Stanimal. Raptor. The Raptor. Stanimal's not Delfree. bad. So Stanley's not on. He's or Masai. Gone, right? Masai's a good. Oh, name. I like Masai a lot, yeah, but I feel like as a white couple, I gotta really be careful <laughs> not to fair. appropriate. Yeah, but for me, being like neither white or black, it's just hilarious that uh, <laughs> we have a baby named. Well, it's not really. I mean, what's no? There's nothing wrong with Masai though, because like I no. mean, we've been naming, you know, like why is my name Brian? I'm not Irish. Well, <laughs> Freddie, your brother said I should call my baby OG, and I was like, I would in a second <laughs> if I like wasn't just a part of a white couple, and we named our kid OG. It'd be like such you know a try hard name. I think if you named a Masai, like yeah, I understand that 
the misgivings surrounding, you know, like cultural appropriation or whatever. But given the context, it's like, you know, it's very respectful. You know, you're doing it. You're naming him after really the greatest like human being <laughs> that's ever walked the earth. And I don't see um, that. Damn right. Wait, Matt, did, did you say name him Del Curry? <laughs> yeah, Del Curry. Yeah, no. Uh, no, I said Delfrey, which is uh, that's a good name. Classic name. <laughs> oh, okay. Fair enough. Cheers to Delfrey, I guess. Okay, I think I think we're we're in we're in name banter zone, which is a good place to be. <laughs> yeah. Um, thank you all for doing this. This was a really fun pod, and uh, yeah, I love you both. And thanks for everyone for listening, Maddie. If you feel like we're done and good to go, just give me those uh, those delicious words. Okay. Okay. okay.